Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. This portion of Acts is a narrative of the trial of Stephen in a Jewish kangaroo court and the testimony of his phenomenal defense in which he takes his accusers on a trip down memory lane that begins with the book of Genesis. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he faithfully delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Best Last Words Ever. Stephen could both quote the scripture, and in a sense, more remarkably, because you can, you can learn to memorize something by rote and kind of have a, a play button and you can recite a, a verse but it's something else to be able to summarize the whole thing, to, to understand the big picture. This is a good time for me to invite you to get in on the next session of our Sunday school class devoted to the survey of the Bible. I think it's coming again in July. We do it for a month and then take a few months off and do it for a month. You will get a survey, an overview of every single book of the Bible and some really cool ways to remember those, those things. If you've never done that, mark the month of July. Come to the first service because I think this will be in the second service, won't it? It'll be during this service hour that you, that you need to be there. Get in that class. Take that. It's okay if you want to read through your Bible a few times in the meantime, but uh, learn it. Stephen is going to show that what he says about Jesus is not in a vacuum. It is directly connected to the plan that God worked out in the 2,000 years before Jesus came. Acts chapter 7, 6 and 7. But God spoke to this effect, that His descendants would be aliens in a foreign land and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years years. And whatever nation to which will, they will be in bondage, I myself will judge, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. There's context. There's a whole lot to this. In, in that two verses, Stephen summarizes about 10 chapters of the book of Genesis, again, from memory. You don't have to know every word, but can you talk your way through the story of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, every book of the Bible? He knew them. That wove together the reiteration of part of the Abrahamic covenant from Genesis 15, and he stuck in one line from Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. Now look at verse 8. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac 
and circumcised him on the eighth day, and Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. And again, this is absolutely brilliant. They didn't ask him about Abraham. They didn't ask him about the Abrahamic covenant. They didn't ask him about circumcision, Jacob, Isaac, any of those things. But the Jewish leaders of that day made a huge deal, and you see this many times in the life of Jesus, about their their identification with Moses and circumcision. It's brilliant that Stephen subtly points out that circumcision predates Moses. That's kind of a probably lost on most of those guys. Verses 9 and 10. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. Yet God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his household. That is all of Pharaoh's household. Now, in this case, the word patriarchs refers not just to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, but it refers to the, the, the sons of Jacob who became the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, the oldest 10 sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, turned on Joseph. You see, Jacob got into the marriage and baby derby with uh, his, his two wives and their two handmaids, and we'll never know what God would, might have done if he hadn't willingly gone along with all of that. But he had his favorite, Rebecca. And she finished last in the baby derby, but finally gave him Joseph and Benjamin. And they were unabashedly Jacob's favorites. So, in that one verse, Stephen summarizes about. 10 chapters of the book of Genesis and mentions those 10 turned on Joseph. Verse 11 now. Now a famine came over all Egypt and Canaan and great affliction with it. And our fathers could find no food, referring again to the patriarchs. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt... He sent our fathers there the first time. On the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family was disclosed to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent word and invited Jacob and his father and all his relatives to come to him, 75 persons in all. Now, I want to urge you, watch your inbox for our daily emails We happen to be in this portion of the book of Genesis. I promise I am not smart enough to have figured out when do you need to start Jesus in light of, or or Genesis in light of when you're going to start Acts on Sunday morning to make them coalesce at Acts chapter 7. I didn't figure that out. And by the way, if you're not receiving our daily emails, for goodness sakes, write your email address and your name on one of the registration slips, put it in the box and say, send me the daily emails. Every day we have a little study in God's Word. I can share prayer requests with you. We usually share some, uh, some music in that time. Scott's going to cover me while I'm, in, while I'm in Israel. But right now we're right in this portion of the book of Genesis. Stephen summarized how God arranged in His glorious sovereign providence for Jacob 
and his sons and their families, 75 people in all, to move to Egypt for what would turn out to be over 400 years, just exactly as God had promised. God used a famine. God used the treachery of Joseph's older brothers. God used Jacob's sinful favoritism toward Joseph, who, by the way, he thought was dead when this was going on. And he used his youngest son and his favoritism toward his youngest son. Also, Joseph's brother Benjamin plays um, an interesting role in, in all of that. God used all of that to get the man he brought from the land of the Chaldeans. Remember where Abraham was from? He had a hard time with geography, and they said, where are you from? And he said, er, and that got recorded in the Bible. Go read Genesis 11. You'll know why everybody's chuckling, okay? And, and he brought him from the land of the Chaldeans, brought him by way of Haran, shows him the promised land, promises it to him, and then by the time of his great-grandsons, they're out of there. Abraham never had a possession in that land. But notice verse 15, Stephen stays on task, and Jacob went down to Egypt, and there he and our fathers died. And again, notice the respect and the demeanor and the connections that Stephen shows. He repeated, our fathers. This is all God's plan for us, his people. He did everything he could to identify with, his, with the heritage of his, and the legacy of being Jewish. This is a Jewish man trying to show Jewish men that God has kept His promise to send a Redeemer. He doesn't even bother commenting on the ridiculous false accusations, but he turns the subject to Jesus. Starts out with the God of, our, the God of glory revealed Himself to Abraham. And by the way, all of this has been in motion ever since then. He lays out everything that God did to bring the Savior. Now, just like Peter did in his sermons in earlier chapters, whatever the challenge is, he says, the subject is Jesus, and he connects it to the plan of God. Now, here's as far as we're going to get today, verse 16. From there, they were removed to Shechem, the they antecedent of that is our fathers, the sons of Jacob. Uh, all died there in Egypt. They were moved, removed to Shechem and laid in the tomb which Abraham had purchased for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. Oh, and by the way, you'll find that in the book of Genesis. Go look for it. That's the last reference to events recorded in the book of Genesis. When we get back to Acts next time, we'll pick it up with things that Stephen says that happen in Exodus and we'll give a sweeping overview up through the time when the temple was built. Now, they accused Stephen of bad-mouthing the temple. But he's going to turn the argument around on them and show that they, right there in the temple, they were continuing in the long and tragic history of rejecting God's prophets. They had carried it on to rejecting Jesus, and now they're about to murder one more person who told them the truth. If you want to personalize this, and you should, 
I urge you to work on being able to talk your way through the Bible like Stephen did. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.